Hello and welcome to an NFC Championship Game episode of Rams Revealed. My name is JB Long, voice of your Los Angeles Rams, and LA safety John Johnson will be with us momentarily to break down the rematch in New Orleans. It's been so enjoyable getting to know him away from the football field throughout this podcast. This week, we're going to stay focused between the lines for the most part, for obvious reasons, revisiting the Week 9 loss to the Saints and discussing what's different this time around. Glad you're with us. Here is Rams Revealed. Well, John, congratulations on another week of football. And this week, it's the NFC Championship game. What are your emotions like? Oh, they're high. Um, I can't remember. Maybe basketball is the only time like I've ever like competed for a real championship. So, I mean, it's, it feels great to be in this position. And you're going back to New Orleans. Let's start by revisiting Week 9. What are your recollections from that loss? You know, watching the tape this morning, I, I didn't have a great game. Like, after the game, I felt like, you know, it wasn't my best. But now that I'm watching it now, I could have done a lot better, just, just personally. Um, but just being down there, I mean, it's a, it's a roller coaster down there, you know, with the fans. They're crazy down there. So, I mean, all I can remember is just getting down early and just scratching and clawing to get back. And uh, we didn't come out with the result we wanted. But I can just remember the fight that the team showed. So it's been several weeks watching that player on tape, speaking of yourself, did it look different than you feel like you've been playing down the stretch here in December and into the new year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I was just, like I said, I was watching the tape like, wow, is that me out there? But I mean, it just goes to show how you can progress uh, throughout the year. And um, I think we're at a totally different place now. Anything specifically that you want to shore up, that you want to do better in the rematch? Just... Just technique issues, you know, eyes violations. Just stop letting my eyes wander all over the place. Just be real technically sound with what we do. Boy, Drew Brees and that Saints offense, they can really make you pay for those eye violations, can't they? Definitely. Um, the margin for error is like zeros, less than zero if that's possible. I mean, he's just so good with what he does. So, I mean, it's hard. Were you among the Rams leaving the Superdome sensing that you would see this opponent again down the road? Absolutely. Um, I can remember seeing like the, I don't know what their job title is, but the, the people that work for the stadium, they were all just looking at us and they were nice actually like, see y'all again? I was like, yeah, we definitely going to see y'all again. So, I mean, Marcus said it in the locker room as well. So, I mean, it was definitely that feeling leaving that locker room. Where does the Dome rank among the loudest environments you've experienced as a football player? <clears throat> Definitely top three. I'm thinking Minnesota, Seattle. Uh, what else you is know, in there? You know, going up to Seattle, I think we got the best of them at both times we went up there. So, I mean, I can't really rank them up there just yet. I know it can get loud. People, okay. Everyone says it does. But, yeah, Minnesota's up there and New Orleans is up there. Um, if we're just going off NFL, for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. I've heard it's going to be even louder in a playoff atmosphere this weekend. And since Sean Payton came into town, no one has gone in there and won in the postseason. But the Rams have a little bit of a different look, too. Specifically, Aqib Tlaib did not play in that Week 9 matchup. I'd love it if you could address his impact. And even though Dante Fowler Jr. was there, played that day, that was his first game as a Ram. And I imagine he's come a long way since as a member of this defense. Right, right. Um, speaking on Dante, yeah, you could just tell. he. We didn't throw him out there. You know, he's a great player. He fit right in. But um, you could just tell he's a lot more comfortable with what we're doing now. And you can see it on tape. It's evident. Um, yeah, and Aqib Tlaib, um, he's – that was kind of the time, you know, we were waiting for him to come back. You know, it was, I think that was like five games that he missed. So we were like, all right, come on now. So, I mean, having him back is definitely huge for us, um, especially with a big receiver like Michael Thomas. Right. You know, he can wrestle with him all game. So it will be cool. 
You mentioned you revisited that film this morning. The refrain coming out of that contest publicly was that Thomas Torch, Marcus Peters. Mm -hmm. Then or now, did you object to that assessment of how that game went? Um, I mean, that's not – if you know football, you know, it wasn't just like a one-on-one battle the right. whole situation. He, I think he caught a pass on me. So, I mean – it wasn't just he torched Marcus Peters. That big play at the end of the game, you know, it was a bad situation. We got caught up in a call, caught up in communication. So, I mean, if you knew football, if you knew what we talked about in our mm-hmm. um, meeting room, you'll understand. So, I wouldn't say that at all. What's it like to be an opponent and see a wide receiver go underneath the goalpost and pull out a cell phone? I actually – I didn't see it on the field. I saw it after the game on video, and it was it was kind of cool. I mean, you know, took it back to uh, Joe Horn, the celebration. It was kind of cool, but we don't want any of those types of celebrations mm-hmm. at this game coming up, so we're going to have to do what we got to do. Thomas obviously did a ton in that matchup, but at the line of scrimmage, it's Drew Brees that gets it all started. And last week against the Cowboys, it felt like you could load up on Zeke and dare Dak to beat you, taking nothing away from Prescott. This week – I know how good their running backs are, but you certainly wouldn't want to dare Drew Brees to beat you, I imagine. Not at all. Um, yeah, like like I said, our emphasis is not letting Michael Thomas beat us because that's who beat us last game. I mean, he couldn't have did it without Drew Brees, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think if we take him out of the game and um, hold everyone to a minimum, we'll, we'll be just fine. You played against some phenomenal quarterbacks this year, surefire Hall of Famers, including Brees. When you look across scrimmage at him, what makes him special? He just he has a knack for completing the ball, and that's something you can't get frustrated with playing against this guy. I think that's what teams do. Like he he's one of the few that can you know a lot of quarterbacks we say you know he can't dink a, dink and dunk us the whole way down the field to beat us, but he's probably the only one that can. So I mean, we we say limit the explosive plays, but with him it's kind of like just don't get frustrated with mm-hmm. the the little ones, and you know just live to play another down. Wow, that third quarter drive against Philadelphia to get them to this matchup against the Rams was a good example of that. Another player I want to highlight, Taysom Hill. Mm -hmm. Uh, He converted the fake punt most recently against the Eagles in the divisional round, but he does so much for them. Is the defense almost on high alert anytime he's in the lineup, whether it's behind center or lined up as a tight end? Oh, absolutely. He's like a Swiss Army knife. Um, And I I think it's less of him. It's just the way that they use him. He, He does everything um and it's something you definitely got to be conscious of when you're out there he can go to wildcat quarterback Mm -hmm. running back uh he can throw it he can run it from the tailback position i don't know he i think he played kick return as well so i mean it's just you just gotta you definitely gotta be conscious of him and he's to me the quintessential example of what peyton and the saints do i mean are they the most multiple team that you face in terms of how many packages and formations they roll through and how quickly they get to them i think so you know with uh alvin kamara he does a lot as well he's pretty much a third receiver when he wants to be mm-hmm. so i think the saints are that team that can you know use a lot of personnel use a lot of um different position groups to be the team so I think the Saints yeah well I can sense how excited you are how much you're anticipating (laughs) uh, this weekend in the Superdome but I do want to revisit Dallas for just a moment and specifically what uh, your offense your offensive line uh, did to control that game as a defender do you feel the difference when your offense has the football for 36 plus minutes Absolutely. I think I think we only went out there one time the first quarter, and I was talking to people like, yo, this game is going by fast. I don't know because we were <laughs> running the ball or, like, we were just – just the time of possession was crazy, like you said. But you could definitely feel it. We were real, well rested on the sideline, and um, it was evident. What was your favorite play defensively in that game? I think that uh, fourth, fourth and one where we stopped Zeke. Because it was funny, like, he got stopped, but then he 
it was a second effort. He like jumped out of the pile. Then Lamarcus hit him, and then I tried to get my two, throw my two cents in. So it seemed like every defender on that play touched them at least. So yeah. it was it was cool. Lamarcus was great on that play, and Dominic and Sue maybe one of his best games as a member of the Rams. Did you sense his impact, whether it was in the run or the passing defense? I hadn't seen that side of him all year. I don't know if it's if he's from Texas or I don't know if he wanted to play for the Cowboys or something, but he had a little extra in his tank, um, and it was he was just dominant. Wow. Anyone else you think deserved recognition for their performance defensively in that win over the Cowboys? Just the whole offensive line, the whole defensive line. They were mm-hmm. just dominant. Um, we watched the clips um, when we came in here on Monday morning, and you could just see the push on both sides of the ball was something unreal. Yeah. So much rain this week as we get to your preparations. Here we are again. It's pouring, not what you would expect here in Southern California. The Rams do not have an indoor facility. Uh, how did the team deal with the logistical challenges of the weather? Well, we just work around it. You know, we have uh, – I mean, what, what did we do last week? Uh, I think we practiced in it. We practiced in a little bit of rain. Um, we just made sure we had to put the right cleats on. You know, our equipment staff um, – facilities, uh, Billy Nays, everyone, they just do a great job of getting us ready to play a game. So, I mean, I tip my hat off to them. But this week, there's a big old tent out in your parking lot. What's going on there? We haven't used it yet, but, um, yeah, if we get a little rain, we'll probably go over there and um, just so we won't get wet. You know, we're playing in a dome, so there's no reason to practice in rain. Mm-hmm. Um, the Super Bowl is in a dome as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's really no reason to practice in the rain in those conditions. So, like I said, Billy Nays, he got the, he's the man with the plan. He put up a tent for us, and hopefully we won't have to use it. But if we do, it's there. I mean, you're used to doing walkthroughs in hotel ballrooms right. or high schools or wherever the case might be Absolutely. over the course of your football career, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, is it – I don't know. It almost feels, John, like one more thing that's working against the Rams this week. And I think this group almost kind of relishes those disadvantages. Like if we have to practice in a parking lot in the rain – for the NFC Championship game, so much the better. You know what I think? I think it, it helps because, you know, we don't feel pressure. We apply it. Um, and I think it helps. It throws off. You know, things can get a little redundant. We do the same thing over and over every week. So I think throwing in a little rain, throwing in a, a tent, throwing in a walkthrough <laughs> in the gym, I think that helps, you know, keep everything fresh and not mm-hmm. get lull us to sleep. So I think it's cool. That we don't feel pressure, we apply. We've heard Todd Gurley say it. Uh, we've heard so many of Sean McVay's motivational sayings in the two years that we've gotten to know him. I wonder what he's like with his presentations and speeches behind closed doors. I've heard that he is as good on Saturday nights as at the hotel as any coach at any level of football. Can you give us just a window into what he's like with motivational speeches? Yeah, I mean, he can relate to us. You know, sometimes he uses, like, terms that are used by like younger guys even younger than us like he's he's so hip um he doesn't really stutter he it's like he knows what he's going to say like he, i want to see him do imp, imp, improv because like i think he'd be really good like he just goes with the flow and uh he gets us going like he says what we need to hear so i mean it's cool sunday morning at the superdome do you think you'll even need a speech i hope not i mean if you need to get up for that game you need somebody to help you get up for that game you probably shouldn't be playing it so yeah. i mean i don't think we will need too much um, why jersey number 43? I know we focus mostly on this matchup in this week ahead, but I do want to get to know you a little bit in this time that we have. And one of the things we haven't asked you is, how do you go from nine in college to 43 as a pro? All right, JB, here it is. So, well, truthfully, when I first got to Boston College, they gave me number 43. No kidding. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's ironic. Um, Just yeah. randomly assigned it. Ran, I went up there as a freshman. They were like, go in the um, equipment room, talk to the equipment manager. He's giving out numbers. I went in there. He was like, yeah, we gave you 43. I'm like, what? I, I kind of took it like, 
you know, this kid, he's probably not that good. Do you think just, you're a walk-on? Right, exactly. So I'm like, I, I told my friends, I said, I want to transfer because <laughs> they gave me number 43. I wanted to transfer. So, you know, I wore it my first two years, um, and then I, I had to switch. And I went with nine. I don't know why I went with nine. I just wanted a single-digit number. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with nine. It was cool. And then when I got the call on draft day, I think it was the next day or two days later, Jimmy Lake, the equipment manager here, called me. And he said, yeah, we got – Two, two, uh, <laughs> two available numbers, 39 and 43. I said, oh, my man. I said, so I said, initially I said, give me number 39. But then I hung up on him. I told my uh, roommates in college, they were like, bro, you can't wear 39. I was like, all right. I called him back. I said, okay, just give me 43. So I just rocked with it. I mean, I wore it at, at First BC. First couple of years at BC. And now I have it now. So, I mean, I might as well keep it. If you are given the opportunity, do you think you'll grow out of 43 like you did in college? Or well, is this here to stay? I mean, I made a name for myself with, with it. So, I mean, I think I'm going to just keep it. And just in case our audience doesn't know, at your position, you're restricted to 20s, 30s, or 40s, right? right? Did you know there are no Hall of Famers enshrined with the number 43? Uh, I bet you there will be one soon. Palomalu. Well, and then... Uh, <clears throat> Eventually, I was wondering how soon you were talking. It's another 43. (laughs) But you don't think Troy Palomalu would get in? He'll get in, right? There you go. He has to. Yeah. Number nine only goes to quarterbacks, kickers, and punters. And your opponent, Drew Brees, this weekend. Where's where's number nine? All right. Let's finish with a fan question. And Devin has the honors. He asked, John, has there been a tight end or wide receiver you've enjoyed your battles with the most? One that you're looking forward to squaring off against, perhaps? Absolutely. Um, Just this past year. Well, he was there last year, but... He just may have his breakout year this year. George Kittle from the 49ers, um, all pro, pro bowl. He broke Gronk's record. Well, Travis Kelsey broke it, then he broke Travis Kelsey's record. So, I mean, I'm just looking forward to all the matchups in the future, um, going head-to-head when he's a great player, and um, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation, especially on NSC Championship Game Weekend. I wish you all the best. I sincerely hope we get to do this again, maybe in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Wishing you health and success and a Best game of your season. I appreciate it. Against the Saints. Have a great week. And we invite you to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. All episodes are available on demand at therams.com as well. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to leave a review, we would appreciate your support and feedback. For John Johnson, I'm JB Long. Thank you for listening to Rams Review.